Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by Tampa Suites, Waco Northeast. This episode in the locker room with legendary quarterback Warren Moon. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by Town Play Suites, Waco Northeast. This episode is in the locker room with Warren Moon, one of the most beloved quarterbacks in the history of Texas sports. He quarterbacked the Houston Oilers from 1984 through 1993. He led the team to the playoffs for seven consecutive seasons was selected to the Pro Bowl nine times and led the entire NFL in passing yards for two consecutive seasons. He is a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and was inducted into the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in 2006. Warren Moon grew up in Los Angeles, California. He says his mother got him involved with sports after his father passed away when Warren was seven years old. My dad died when I was seven, so I, I had uh, I had six sisters, and it was myself. So I was around women all the time. It was my mom and six other women. So she wanted to get me around other boys. She wanted to get me around other men, other you know mentors. So she got me involved in all the different sports. Got me involved in you know Boy Scouts, Cub Scouts, anything to do where, where I could be active, anything I could do to be in a you know, positive environment because of. In the neighborhood where I grew up, you could go one way or another. You could either go good and be successful, or you could definitely get drawn into the bad sides of the games and all the other things that were going on at that time. He says that sports can teach youngsters many important lessons as they grow up, regardless of how far their athletic careers go. It keeps you active as a young kid. It keeps you focused on something. It's great for just exercise. And then it teaches you so many different gifts as far as what are going to help you later on in life, whether it's preparation, whether it's dealing with winning and losing, teamwork, all the different things that come along with sports, overcoming adversity and persevering. Just a lot of good lessons that you can learn being involved in sports, no matter what level you make it up to. You know, if, you're, if you're fortunate enough to make it to the college or pro level, that's great, but you'll learn a lot of those things just as a young kid. Growing up in Los Angeles, he was naturally a Rams fan at a young age. He talked about two quarterbacks who inspired him as a kid, and one of them is a fellow inductee of his in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Probably starting at about 9 or 10 years old, I started following the Rams, and then I was a big Dallas Cowboys fan, believe it or not. They, they just did such a great marketing job, especially on young kids. That for some reason, I was attracted to the Cowboys. They were on TV, it seemed like, every Sunday. You just got attracted to that whole star. And then Roger Staubach became kind of a hero of mine because of the way that he played. It kind of reminded me of the way that I wanted to play. But the Rams were my team, no question, early with, with Roman Gabriel as their quarterback. You know, he was a minority. He was an Indian. And me looking at maybe playing quarterback one day, he was somebody that I could look up to and say, hey, if he can make it as a minority, maybe there's a chance for me to make it one day. If you ever saw Warren Moon play, it's impossible to imagine him at any other position than quarterback. His passes are some of the most beautiful the game has ever seen. Yet in the 1970s, many colleges shied away from having an African-American quarterback leading the team. Although schools were interested in him if he was willing to change positions, 
Moon held on to his dream to play quarterback, the position he felt he was meant to play. He played a year of junior college football. I played a year of uh, junior college. Could really get recruited as a quarterback, and everybody wanted to recruit me and change my position. And uh, I just wasn't willing to do that. I just felt I could play major college football based off of what I had done in high school compared to my other peers that were getting scholarships to play quarterback at other schools. And I felt like I deserved that same opportunity, but I also knew that, you know, the color of my skin had something to do with, with some of those decisions. After that year of junior college excellence, he had offers to play quarterback at the Division I college level. He chose to play for the Washington Huskies. He also had a chance to play at USC, where Vince Evans was the quarterback. One of the reasons I didn't go to USC was because Vince was there as a senior, and I didn't want a redshirt after I'd already gone to junior college for a year. So that's how much respect I had for him that I knew I probably couldn't beat him out. But uh, he went on to have a really good career in the NFL and also the USFL. Warren Moon accepted a scholarship to play quarterback at Washington. In September of 1975, the Huskies hosted a team with a player who also became one of Moon's fellow inductees in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. Washington played against the Texas Longhorns, featuring running back Earl Campbell. He ran over us that day. I don't know how many yards he had, but he, he was uh, legitimate. We were in the same class. We came out the same year as seniors, and he was, I think, a sophomore the year that we played him. Earl Campbell had 198 yards on that day and scored three touchdowns as Texas won 28-10. It's important to remember that Warren Moon and Earl Campbell were in the same class. Both were sophomores in 1975. Both were seniors in 1977. And they each posted spectacular seasons as seniors. Moon quarterbacked his team to the Rose Bowl, where they upset a heavily favored Michigan team that had visions of a national championship dancing in their heads. Warren says that his team was confident going into the game and motivated by a few incidents that happened in the days leading up to the Rose Bowl. Well, it started way before the pregame. It started during the week of preparation for the game, and we just didn't feel like we were getting any respect from the rest of the country. We were 17-point underdogs. We had met the Michigan players at Disneyland where you have your annual Disneyland visit and they kind of snubbed their nose up to us. Rick Leach, their quarterback, didn't want to take a picture with me. They had their center be the one to take the promotional picture with me with Mickey Mouse and, and Minnie Mouse. And it's just a lot of little things like that that really inspired our football team and it just kind of gave us juice going into the game. We were a very confident bunch going in and we had a chip on our shoulders and we went out there and, and played like it. Washington defeated Michigan 27-20, Moon was named the Rose Bowl's most valuable player. It capped off a great senior campaign for Moon, who led his team to the Pac-8 championship and first Rose Bowl appearance in well over a decade. He owned an outstanding college football quarterbacking resume as the 1978 NFL draft approached. He discussed his future options with his agent, Lee Steinberg, Ultimately, Warren decided to sign with the Edmonton Eskimos of the Canadian Football League before the 1978 NFL draft even took place. He spoke in depth about that decision for the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. Basically, the same reason. 
I just felt like in high school, what I did in high school, that I deserved a chance to go to a major college and uh, play quarterback because of what I did in high school. And then the same thing in, in college. I felt like I deserved that opportunity. So I was going to go where people were going to give me the opportunity to play quarterback. And if I wasn't going to get that opportunity, then I was going to give up football and maybe go to, to law school or something like that. But the Canadian Football League gave me that opportunity where the NFL was saying the same thing. We're going to change your position or we don't know if you'll get drafted as a quarterback. And if you do, it might be like the 11th or 12th round, which there was 12 rounds at that time. So it was just a chance I didn't want to take that I might go somewhere and they try and move me. And then I end up giving up the game where I did have this opportunity, even though I didn't know much about Canada. I didn't know much about the league. I knew a lot of the other African-American quarterbacks that had gone up there to play, like Condridge Holloway and Jimmy Jones and Chuck Ely and guys like that. But I didn't know a whole lot about the league, but I did know that they were offering me the chance to play quarterback, and they felt like I could be a star up there. They also felt like I could be a star in the NFL, and they didn't understand the reasons why the NFL wasn't giving me that chance. So I decided to go to Canada and give up my dream of playing in the NFL and my dream of being drafted and and all that stuff that goes along with playing pro ball and go to another country and take a chance. I was going to be taking a chance at a position that I knew I, I could play. Warren Moon again bet on himself and his quarterbacking skills. And again, it paid off for those who believed in him. Moon signed with the Edmonton Eskimos of the Canadian Football League and quickly became a star quarterback. He led Edmonton to multiple Canadian Football League championships. In 1982, he threw for 5,000 yards in a 16-game season the first pro player to ever achieve that mark. Nobody in the history of the NFL had thrown for 5,000 yards at that point. In fact, only three quarterbacks had thrown for 4,000 yards at that point. Moon also threw 36 touchdowns that year, which tied an NFL record held by both Y.A. Tittle and former Oilers quarterback George Blanda. Those undeniable stats caught the attention of several NFL teams. Moon was still under contract with Edmonton, but he still took an early visit to Houston to meet with Oilers head coach Ed Biles. Remember, this was the year before he joined the Oilers. Moon told the little-known story at a TriStar Productions event in Houston. Do you remember when you when you were first contacted by the Oilers and you knew you were going to finally get a chance to play quarterback in the NFL? Could, could you talk a little bit about that and, and what that was like? Yeah, you know, when I was in Canada the whole time I was there, there's, there's NFL scouts up there all the time. So I knew I was being scouted every week, just like every other guy on our team. But as far as when it became a reality, it really became a reality um, a year before I came here. That's when the Oilers really started pursuing me. They actually flew me into town secretly, me and my wife, put together a dinner, went to the facility one night when nobody was there so I could tour the facility. And uh, we're trying to get me out of my contract before the, the last year of my deal, but I couldn't get out. But they, they were actually uh, interested in me a year before I got out. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and, nobody knew that. Ed Biles was the coach then. Here's another interesting note to Moon's groundbreaking 1982 season. An NFL player's strike started in week two and lasted for several weeks, 
for part of that time, NBC broadcasted live CFL games on Sundays. When they had to strike, our games were put on television in the United States, and that, that created a lot more interest, too, because I, I think I was on two or three times on NBC, and people got a chance to see me play. So the interest really started building then. Moon followed up that record-setting 1982 season with an even better one. He threw for over 5,600 yards in 1983. As of the end of the 2021 NFL season, that is still more yardage than any quarterback has ever thrown in a single NFL season. Warren says that after that season, he and his agent Lee Steinberg found themselves fielding offers from several NFL teams. I was able to get out of my last year of my contract. Once I decided I wanted to come back down to the NFL because teams were, at that time, you know, making a lot of noise about wanting me. So we created a, a bidding war between seven different teams. Lee did a great job of orchestrating all that. And, and then it came down to me going to either Seattle or the Houston Oilers, and I chose Houston, and the uh, rest is history. When we return, we'll hear Warren Moon share stories about his tremendous career with the Houston Oilers and more on In the Locker Room with Warren Moon on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast. When you come to Waco, be sure to stay at the Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast, located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll start your day off with a delicious complimentary breakfast, and you'll also enjoy the Town Place Suites' free Wi-Fi, fitness center, and pool. Next time you come to Waco, make the Town Place Suites Waco Northeast your home base on the road. Welcome back to In the Locker Room with Warren Moon. Presented by Tablet Suites, Waco Northeast. When we left off, Moon had just signed with the Houston Oilers for the 1984 NFL season. According to the 1984 Complete Handbook of Pro Football, Moon signed a five-year contract worth $6.5 million dollars. That, at that time, made him the highest paid player in the NFL. He entered his first NFL season in what would have been his seventh NFL season had he been drafted. For perspective, 14 quarterbacks were drafted in that 1978 NFL draft. By the time Moon started his first game for the Oilers, all except four of them had taken their final NFL snap. The Oilers had finished 2-14 and 14 in 1983. The high-dollar contract plus lingering racial doubts in the minds of some onlookers placed a lot of pressure on Warren Moon. Additionally, there were questions as to whether his Canadian statistics were a fluke. We negotiated the highest salary uh, quarterback in the league at the time, and I knew with that became a lot of expectations. I knew people were just looking at me in general just because I'm coming from another country and could he make the transition? And, and who is this guy, you know, because I've been gone for six years. And then I, I'm coming to a team that's not very good. 
they were two and fourteen year before we got there, so I knew it was going to take time to rebuild it, and we were going to rebuild through the draft, so it was going to be a, a slower process. So I knew there would be some tough, tough days, and, and it kind of reminded me of when I went to the University of Washington. They weren't a very good team when I got there either. They were two and nine the year before, and Don James, we had to we had to build that program through recruiting and that, and we finally did and became a Rose Bowl team. I, I felt like I could do the same thing in Houston. Warren Moon's first regular season NFL game in 1984 promised to be a tough draw. The Oilers faced the defending world champion Los Angeles Raiders at the Houston Astronome. Yeah, they had just won the Super Bowl and they had a great front four. They, they uh, tattooed me a bunch that day. I, got, I think I got hit 18 times <laughs> in, in that game. Uh, but their players all had a lot of respect for me after the game because I just, you know, I kept getting up and kept coming back. And, and a lot of them came over and told me that after the game. Yeah, that'd be Howie Long was probably on that team. Um, Howie Long and Lyle Alzado, uh, Sean Jones. They had, a, they had quite the front four. The Oilers lost their first 10 games in 1984, but finished 3-3 three and three to end the year. Moon threw for over 3,300 yards, and better times lay ahead. In 1987, Houston made their first playoffs with Moon at the helm. That was their first of seven straight years in the playoffs. For perspective, that's one season longer than Troy Aikman's streak with the Dallas Cowboys. One of Moon's strengths was that he was an extremely versatile passer. He could throw the screen, throw 12-yard outs over the middle, and he was an exceptionally good deep thrower. He said he worked hard to becoming the great passer that he was. Yeah, and it's something I worked hard on, too, because that was one of the things coming out that people tried to say I wasn't an accurate passer. A lot of accuracy has to do with the type of throws that you're throwing and also you know, the type of plays that are being called and then the type of duress that you might be under. So I worked very hard at that. A lot of different drills that I did to improve accuracy. And a lot of it has to do with the type of offense that you're running. Are you running the plays that are best suited for, for what your skill set is? And when I finally got into offenses where they had suited my skill set, I just took off from there. Houston switched to the run-and-shoot offense around 1990. Although the offense perfectly suited Moon's well-rounded throwing style, he at first stood skeptical of the offensive scheme that he had seen the USFL's Houston Gamblers use. It was something that was brand new to the NFL. I had watched the Houston Gamblers. You know, Jim Kelly was there at the time. So I had watched a lot of their games on TV and kind of knew a little bit about the offense. I had seen June Jones, who became one of my coaches. I saw him running a little bit in college when I was in college. So I knew about the offense, but I also knew that it had its limitations as far as the running game and that, and the quarterback could take a lot of punishment in that in that offense because of the number of times you're going to throw the football. So all those things were concerned, but the more I got into it and the more I saw the difficulty our defense had in trying to stop it in practice, I felt like it was something that could definitely work. Warren Moon threw for a lot of yardage with that run-and-shoot offense. He led the NFL in passing yards for two straight seasons and in both those years, came within about 300 yards of becoming the second player in NFL history with 5,000 yards, the first being Dan Marino. 
The run and shoot proved painful to Moon as well, however. He missed the final game of one of those league-leading seasons with a dislocated thumb. I had an open dislocation on my thumb on my passing hand, and I missed the last game of the season. Otherwise, I might have gone over 5,000 yards. And that was probably going to be my best season, and I ended up missing the playoffs that year, too. I was pretty devastated when that happened. All I did was slap my thumb on other players' helmet on my follow-through, and bam, season was over. Moon suffered an injury in the 1992 season that forced him to miss several games, but he still led the Oilers to the playoffs. In 1993, he led Houston to the playoffs again and threw for almost 3,500 yards and finished sixth in the NFL Most Valuable Player vote. He missed the final game of the season with broken ribs, but returned for the AFC Divisional Playoff against Kansas City, a team that featured both Joe Montana and Marcus Allen. The Oilers led for most of the game but gave up three fourth-quarter touchdowns. Houston's offensive line surrendered nine sacks in the game. Despite a splendid effort by Moon, who completed 32 passes, the Oilers fell 28-20. to That concluded Moon's 10th season with the Oilers. He led the team to seven straight playoff appearances. But the NFL had new salary cap rules going into the 1994 season. Both Moon and backup quarterback Cody Carlson were scheduled to make over $3 million each. Houston decided to cut ties with Moon. He was traded to Minnesota. Warren talked about the trade for the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. They had mentioned it to me that they were thinking about doing that, and they told me the teams that were interested in me, and I basically told them that, you know, if I could go somewhere, I'd I'd like to go to the Minnesota Vikings because I knew they were one of the teams interested. And I had a lot of respect for Denny Green, and I knew they had a really good defense and that they liked to run the football, so it wouldn't be so much onus put on me to throw the football going there. But things changed during free agency of that offseason where they lost two or three different defensive players on their, their defense that made their defense really good. It seemed like when I went there, I threw the ball more there than I did. And I said, you, <laughs> really? I'm like, what's going on here? I, mean, I just came out of running shooting. I thought I was going to be handing the ball off a little bit more, maybe throwing 20, 25 times a game. And here I am leading the league in, uh, in pass attempts again. I'm like, what's going on? Moon signed a renegotiated two-year contract with Minnesota and led them to the playoffs in 1994. Meanwhile, the bottom dropped out in Houston as the team plummeted to 2-14. and 14. Moon played three seasons for Minnesota and threw for over 4,000 yards for each of his first two years there. An ankle injury forced Moon to miss eight games during his third season with the Vikings in 1996. Minnesota then released Moon, who was 40 years old at the time. He signed a two-year contract with the Seattle Seahawks, returning to the place where he played college football. He threw for over 3,600 yards at age 41 for the Seahawks in 1997, 20 years after his Rose Bowl winning senior season at the University of Washington. He even made the Pro Bowl that year. He finally retired following the 2000 NFL season after two years with the Kansas City Chiefs. Warren Moon was 44 years old when he retired. 
Despite playing his first six seasons in Canadian football, he stood third in career passing yardage in NFL history behind only Dan Marino and Sean Elway. I felt pretty confident and pretty proud of what I was able to accomplish in the time that I had in the NFL. And then I, I had a really good career in the CFL as well. So the thing that I'm most proud of in my whole career is whatever offense you put me in, whatever team you put me on, I was going to be productive and be successful. Warren's remarkable time with the Houston Oilers landed him in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. He talks about what the honor means to him. It was really a huge honor because of the people that had been in there before me. Texas, you look at either California or Florida or Texas, those are probably the three, I think, most talented states in the country for athletes. And for me to be included in that group of guys coming out of Texas uh, and then looking at the guys who were in there before me, it really is something that makes me proud to be a part of that group. You're talking about a lot of really good athletes and a lot of uh, different sports. A lot of guys that I rooted for, I mean, a lot of guys that I idolized, you know, whether it's a Elvin Hayes or a Nolan Ryan or, you know, even Earl Campbell, one of my teammates. I really marveled at him when I was playing in Canada, watching him his first few years in the National Football League just run over everybody. Now I got a chance to play with him at Houston for, you know, a year and a half. So just so many great players in that Texas Sports Hall of Fame. So I'm proud to be a part of it. Warren Moon was spurned at the quarterback position going into college and decided he'd rather play quarterback in junior college rather than another position in Division I. The scenario repeated itself after he led Washington to a Rose Bowl victory and he chose to play quarterback in Canada rather than another position in the NFL. He played six years at Edmonton before getting his chance. By the time Moon signed with the Houston Oilers, Earl Campbell's Hall of Fame career, a player who was in the same class as Warren Moon, was just about over. And in 1984, Warren Moon was the only black starting quarterback in the National Football League. Doug Williams and Vince Evans both played in the USFL during that season. Things had changed by the time Moon retired after the 2000 season and several African-Americans played quarterback in the NFL. One of the biggest things I'm most proud of in my game is what I told you about being very versatile, but I also am very proud of the fact that I played a small part in helping other African-American quarterbacks get more opportunities to play the position. I think because of the way I played the game during my time, because of the way Doug Williams was when he won the Super Bowl during my time, Randall Cunningham was during my time, the three of us, we really played the game at a very high level during those middle 80s to, to late 80s part of our career. And I think it really opened the eyes of a lot of general managers and owners that, you know, African-Americans can play this position and they can be leaders and they can take the team and win a championship and they can go to the playoffs every year. All the different things they didn't think we could do. And I like to think that I played a small part in that. Thank you for listening to In the Locker Room with Warren Moon on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast. Next time you come to Waco, be sure to take your family to the Tamplay Suites, Waco Northeast. It's a touchdown of a hotel.